You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. That's me. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to not let your anxiety stop you from doing the things that you want to do. And this is something that I've struggled with. It's something that I feel like I have needed advice on and I have been the guinea pig in this for you guys to help you figure out at least the things that have worked for me and I've done some research as well just to really get a good well-rounded thing of advice for you guys. Um, I have 10 points today that I'll be going through and I'll be telling you guys some stories and stuff as well. So it's going to be interesting. The purpose of it is to challenge your thinking around the anxiety that you might be having and then give you the tools to help you get through the fears so that you are able to still try new things and you're able to progress in life, whether that be in your job or in relationships or just you know, putting yourself out there. But I really hope that you guys enjoy today's episode. I think you're going to love it. And let's just get right into it. So just if you haven't listened to the podcast before, I just thought I would give you guys a little bit of rundown on me and what this podcast is all about. So my name is Alyssa. I am Canadian. I moved to Sydney, Australia about three and a half years ago, almost. Wow. And I came here on a student visa, studied a little bit, and then I met someone and I got married to an Australian. So now I'm here basically forever. And this podcast is about talking about the things that we struggle to talk about with our friends and family. It's the things that we struggle to admit, the things that we find uncomfortable to talk about, things like sex and sexuality, um, things like anxiety and mental health and depression and the things that we feel in the background when our life is just going on. And it's a place for you guys to come and feel validated by hearing the stories that I tell and then also get tools to move forward. And I really put a lot of time and effort into these podcast episodes, um, not only by being really honest with you guys and sharing my own personal stories, um, but also by doing research and making sure that I feel really well equipped to give you guys this information. Um, I do an array of all of this on my Instagram as well and also on my TikTok. So some of you guys have come over from TikTok, which is great. Some of you guys come over from Instagram. And some of you guys have literally just found the podcast through the streaming apps. And that's awesome as well. But today, just to give you an update on what's happening in my life quickly, and then we will get right into everything. Um, So I have started a new job recently, and this is where this podcast episode actually kind of stemmed out of. So I have just be, hello, I have just started um, instructing Pilates. So I am a reformer Pilates instructor. I'm doing that right now um, part-time whilst also doing all the content creation stuff. Um, and then I also work in a restaurant as well as a host. Um, and kind of eventually by May-ish, I should be full-time instructing Pilates. So that's been my new season. It, I went through like a really intense six-week training program to become a Pilates instructor. And I was actually qualified beforehand as well. I'm qualified in Matt Pilates and Reformer Pilates beforehand. Um, but I wanted that extra bit of training. And so I went into this six-week program. And now I work for a company called KX Pilates in Sydney. And it's just lovely. Um, it's been an amazing experience so far and my training was so good and like honestly so much support. It's been so, so good. But while going through all of that, I still experienced quite a bit of anxiety. Um, and I haven't actually had anxiety too strongly in quite a while. Um, 
but it really did kind of trigger it. And I had to figure out what I was going to do so that I could survive going into this new season. And I just had to figure it out. And so I thought it would be good for you guys now that I feel like I've figured out what's working for me and things have balanced out. And I finally switched over from that anxious feeling to the excited feeling of being in this new season. I thought I would give you guys kind of what worked for me. I'm in my first week of teaching. Uh, getting through a lot of the training, I think, was actually kind of the hardest part. And now that I'm teaching, it's actually been quite fun. And I'm just learning so much literally every time I go in and teach. And it's been so fun meeting new people also and just being around a bunch of people, like literally having a job where I get to go in, play the music I love to listen to, get to talk to people, interact with people who are all coming in to take care of their bodies and to do something for themselves in the day. It is just like so inspiring and so encouraging. And I always leave feeling so amazing. Um, but yeah, that's just been amazing. So that's the update on what's going on kind of career wise. And then, yeah, otherwise, um, it's starting to get a little bit chilly out here in Sydney. We do have winter here. Yes. For those of you who are listening from overseas, um, and it does get a little bit cold and by a little bit cold, I mean like today's like, 20 degrees. Okay. So I know it's not actually that cold, but to me, it feels cold in comparison to just coming out of like the burning hot summer that we have here. So it'll get probably down to like maybe 15 degrees Celsius. And then that will be hopefully the lowest. I need to buy a new winter jacket. It's something that I've been putting off, but <laughs> so that's my little update. Um, let's get right into talking about this episode. So I want to give a little disclaimer that this episode is not here to encourage hustle culture, which I'm sure you've heard that before, but hustle culture is just this feeling of like, we need to get everything done now, now, now. Like I want to be like a self-made, you know, billionaire. I want to be like a self-made like business owner by the time I'm 25. Like blah, blah, blah. it's very like, um, very like push, 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 go, go, go. And it doesn't give a lot of time for like reflection and, um, just being intuitive and slowing down and, and kind of what life really should be about, you know? Um, so hustle culture for me is something that I definitely don't buy into. And I want you guys to know that as much as I'm saying, go do these things, push, put yourself out there, like push yourself, you know, you can do this. It's to empower you. It's not to tell you to rush through life and it's not to tell you to speed up your life and to not enjoy the ride because I'm also not saying that if you are young and you're currently enjoying just being in school and like having fun with your friends and going out, like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you are in a season where you want to slow down and you want to not push yourself to do all this new shit because you're just like, I just want to chill. Like I'm actually really just enjoying having a slower lifestyle, which actually needs to be encouraged a lot more in a lot of spaces, especially within like social media and stuff. That's so fine. And it's definitely not to be like, you know, get it done. Go, go, go. Okay. <laughs> I thought I'd point that out. Also, I wanted to note that by me talking about anxiety in the way that I am, I want you guys to know that I am not invalidating diagnosed anxiety disorders because I personally was diagnosed with anxiety and depression about two years ago, maybe just over two years ago. And it was when I really struggled with it, like really, really badly. And if you guys know anything about my story, I used to be really involved in a church and it was quite a traumatic um, experience. I had a lot of just like purity culture 
things put on me, a lot of shame put on me to do with like my sexuality, um, which I'm bisexual, if you guys didn't know that, um, put on me about my sexuality, put on me about having sex, put on me about drinking, like everything. I, it was just a lot of shame and it was so triggering and it was to the point that I was literally diagnosed and put on medication. And I was on medication for few months maybe. And then I decided to come off because I felt like it was kind of numbing me and it wasn't, um, I wasn't really experiencing life in the way that like I wasn't enjoying it. Like my highs weren't high enough because it was trying to keep me within this little buffer range of emotions, which is what it's meant to do. So you can balance things out and get the tools you need to get so you can, you know, be able to still continue on with your life while you go through that season. Um, but I came off of medication and now two years later, I'm at the point where I've done so many things to give back to my health. I've come off of birth control. I've started taking, you know, vitamins and supplements. And I think a lot more about what I eat. I, I do things like cycle syncing, which if you guys listen to any of my past episodes about cycle syncing, um, it's so incredible. It's so interesting. It's about living in tune with your hormones. And it's just, I've done so much to get myself to the point where I'm now at the point where I couldn't be diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Um, like I just don't have enough of the symptoms to be diagnosed anymore. And so I don't think of myself as having anxiety or having depression. Um, just like how I don't consider myself to have an eating disorder, even though I did struggle with one when I was 14, for example. It's something that for me, I know now as my um, my history, my health history is I am um, more at risk to struggle with something like an eating disorder. I'm more at risk to struggle with something like anxiety or depression, but it doesn't plague me in the way that it did when I was like fully diagnosed and being treated for it, if that makes sense, which is actually great because if you are struggling with any of those things, you can look at that and be like, okay, there's actually like healing that is possible in my future. Um, and you know, it's something that can actually work. Like you can go to therapy, you can go on medication, you can balance things out and you can actually then not have that thing eventually, which is great news. So I, at one point was diagnosed with anxiety. So I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is that I understand that actual being in there, having anxiety every single day, like not feeling like you can function normally, having panic attacks, potentially things like that. Like look, I get that. And this is not to diminish that at all. And I fully, fully understand the, the horrible pain of anxiety. It's, it's shit. But if you actually are diagnosed with anxiety or you think you could be, or you have experienced panic attacks, things like that, you will still get lots out of this episode. And if you don't, and if you're just like, oh, I just experienced some like day-to-day -day anxiety or I'm in a seizing that's, that's provoking anxiety for me right now, again, it will all still apply to you. So if you, you are here for this episode, if you are here, you are here now, stick with it and listen to the points because it is, it's going to be worth it. hundred percent. I'm telling you, these are things that I needed to hear. Like I needed to hear and things that I just had to figure out. <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. Point number one, your anxiety doesn't necessarily change your ability to do things well. This is something that my husband actually said to me like two weeks ago when I was freaking the fuck out about going in for something, I don't know, some sort of shadow training or mentoring, something like that where I was with my whole, you know, Pilates journey. And I was so nervous. And he was like, think of all the times that you have been this anxious and then you've gone and done the thing and it's gone great and you've been fine. You know, like just because you feel it 
doesn't mean that it's actually a negative projection coming out of you. It doesn't mean that you're, what you're producing is bad or negative or not of a high quality because of your anxiety. And I think when you can separate those two things, it does really change it for you because you realize like, yes, I may be picturing things going poorly, but they don't actually, they're not likely going to go poorly. And, you know, if something goes poorly within whatever you're doing, going into a new job, going on a date, giving a presentation, whatever, if something random goes poorly, it is what it is. You know, it doesn't make the whole product, the whole result, a negative thing. So separate your anxiety versus your ability, and that will change things. Just because you feel anxious doesn't mean that you aren't prepared. That's another one. Because you can prepare so much. You can over-prepare, okay? And I am like that. I am an over-preparer. I will read over my notes like over and over and over till I freak myself out and I just start to get confused, okay? I was that person who would stand outside of the test before class and read over my, my notes like a psycho, knowing that I'm not sinking any of it in. It just... It, it was something that I would always do all through high school. And at the time, I didn't understand that it wasn't working. At the time, I probably didn't understand that it was like not sinking in or, you know, that I didn't have some sort of photographic memory like I thought I did. <laughs> like it is, it doesn't mean that you're not prepared. And if you have prepared and you can honestly say to yourself, like, you know what, I've done all I can do. I've written my class plan. I have written my notes. I have memorized XYZ. I have, you know, I got ready physically, you know, something like that. Like that's all you can do. So again, try to separate that thing of anxiety equals I'm not prepared because you probably are. If you're experiencing anxiety, you've probably done a lot to get yourself to where you are now. Also, just because you're nervous doesn't mean you look it. Think of how many times you've done things or you've gone for a presentation or whatever, and you've been like, oh my God, I was shaking. I was so nervous. And someone goes, oh my God, I didn't even notice. Or like, oh, it's okay. Even if you're like, everyone has a little bit of a shake that, that you still did great. Like people aren't going to go, oh my God, you were shaking like a leaf. Like you must've been so anxious. We don't even care about what you said because you were just so anxious. Like that's not what's going to happen. Okay. And if that does ever happen, I think you just need to be aware of the people that you're surrounding yourself with and who you're getting feedback from because they obviously don't have your uh, your best, your you know, the best intentions, okay? Um, lastly, in number one, in the point number one, is with using coping strategies like breathing techniques and talking it out to even like medication, right? If it's something that's diagnosed, you can manage the feeling of anxiety while still doing the thing that you want to do. And I mean, this is really the whole point of the podcast is to help you to realize that you can do things while being anxious. You can do things while being nervous. You can do hard things. Like you have done hard things before and you can do it again, 100%. And you just need to start to break things up and ask yourself like, okay, yes, I'm feeling anxious, but does that mean this, this, this? Does that mean I'm going to do a bad job? Does that mean that I'm going to fail? Does that mean that everything's going to you know, fall and break and that's going to be it? No, no, of course not. The, your emotions versus your output are two completely different things. Number two is that you are never going to arrive. You are never going to like be fully ready. Like, yes, there are seasons for things. And just because, you know, maybe you're never going to be ready to have a baby. That doesn't mean you should have one right now. But it, it's just to say that 
you're, you aren't ever going to feel that. You're not going to feel that. And I think a lot of us have this idea of ourselves in our mind where we, we look at our future self and we're like, that's myself. That's going to be so fulfilled. I'm going to be, you know, free of financial struggles. I'm going to be feeling completely whole. Like, at least I know I've always kind of had this idea of like, that's me when I'm fully whole and I've written a book and I'm on Netflix and like, I, I've won a Nobel Peace Prize and like, you know what I mean? Like it's that version of yourself that you're like, oh my God, she's amazing. We love her. But you don't just like flip a switch and you're there. It doesn't happen that way. People who do well in life, people that are feel fulfilled and people who do the things that they want to do will talk about the hours and hours that they put in. They will talk about the moments where they have failed over and over. Or they've been turned down over and over. They submitted, you know, their book or whatever to publishing places and they've turned it down over and over and over and over. It is like, it is such a common experience and you will start to see this the more you get around people that are really working in the things that they are good at. And they are like, you start to hear stories from people, you'll see this like, it, it, it's not, it doesn't just happen in one day. It really does happen over time. And something that you can do to try to work towards becoming that version of yourself that you want to become is by working in habits. And if you haven't um, read before Atomic Habits by James Clear, I believe it is, um, it's a really great book. And he talks about people who want to become Olympians, for example, how they have to train these amount of days. And he actually talks to specific Olympians and he even like interviews people so that he can give like real stories of how people have, you know, become crazy famous comedians, but started out by literally speaking in a restaurant to nobody, like an empty restaurant with like just the restaurant staff sitting around. Like these are the real stories of people who have made it so, so far and if you guys are interested in that at all, obviously look up that book because it's really helpful. Um, but this is just to remind you that you're not going to just suddenly get there. And you need to make these changes bit by bit now because if you feel anxious and you're not doing things right now because you're anxious about them, what makes you think that in 20 years you're going to suddenly react differently to a tough situation? Right? Like, what makes you think that you're suddenly going to be like, okay, I'm now feeling prepared when like you haven't actually changed your way of thinking. You haven't actually gotten rid of the automatic negative thoughts. You haven't actually taken some time to figure out who you are and what your values are and what you want to spend time doing. It's very likely that you will just continue to do things in the way that you are now which might be, you know, based off what you, the people around you are doing or what the people around you want you to do. And it's really not a great way to live your life because a lot of people then look back and they think, wow, I wish I would have just done the thing that I wanted to do. And obviously if you're listening to this now, that's amazing because you're not going to get to that point. You're doing that now. You're obviously right now actively working on what's going on within you. And that takes a lot of courage and that's, that's hard. So good on you for being here and taking the time to do that because there are tools and ways of thinking that need to be developed to get rid of anxiety and to not even just get rid of it necessarily, but to work through it and to manage it. It's not something that just happens overnight. It's something that you have to build and grow. And this might be your starting point, And that's amazing. Point number three is most of the time when you're worried or anxious, it's not actually because of the present. 
I heard this the other day actually. And I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Like a lot of the time people will say, um, depression is based on the past and anxiety is based on the future. And look, depression is a whole thing. We're not even going to get into it. It's not really the topic of today. Um, you know, we could talk about disappointments and reasons why you do things now in the way that you do because of depression and things like that. But we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus more on the future-based fears and the anxiety-based fears. But a lot of the time, what you are doing right now isn't actually provoking the anxiety. A lot of the time. I'm not saying all the time, but a lot of the time. And what's sad about that is there are amazing thing that, the things that happen every day. There are opportunities that come up every day. But if you are so focused on the anxiety of tomorrow or next week or something that you're doing in a year from now, who knows? If you're focusing on that, you will miss things in your present. You will miss opportunities in your present. You won't catch that person when they say, hey, we should go do that thing sometime. If you're just in a state of anxiety, you're, you're only going to become more anxious about the things that come into your life. So if you already have this mindset of like, I can't do it, I'm not good at it, like no one thinks I'm good, like if you already have that way of thinking and then someone comes up to you in your present and they say, oh, we should go try this workout class or we should go try this painting class or we should go do this fun thing together, your automatic thought because you are in this state of thinking is going to be, oh, they're probably just saying that, they probably don't wanna go with me. Or... I already don't feel accepted because I already don't feel like I'm good at this thing. So I'm going to assume that they're just being nice or you're just going to think, oh, I'm not very good at the thing that I'm trying to do right now. So why would I be good at painting? Why would I be good at working out? That's so embarrassing, right? It's this automatic negative thinking and it's a space. It's a negative thinking space that you hang out in a lot of the time if you're feeling anxious about the future. And it's, it's, it's sad. That's all I want to say is it's sad because you miss things in the, the current, your current life, your current situation, your right now, you know? And when people say live in the present, like focus on living in the present, it's true. Like you need to, because if you don't, you miss things. And it's not just missing future opportunities. It's also missing the appreciation of right now. It's missing the gratitude that you should be able to feel every day because there's always great things happening around you. There's always great things. And something that I really like to do is gratitude journaling. And I, it has always helped me. Like if I'm having a bad day, I literally, this happened last week. I'll tell you guys, I was at work and I was like, just so frustrated. I was um, working in the restaurant that day and I was so frustrated. And I was like, oh, my brain, like I just feel so tired. I feel so over it. And so I sat down, I wrote down five things that I was grateful for just to try to like get my brain out of that way of thinking. And then I was like, you know what? I'm trying, I'm trying to be grateful, but I still feel like I'm pretending that I'm not feeling what I'm feeling. So I split the page down the middle. I drew a line right down the middle of my journal. On the one side, I started writing the negative emotions that I was feeling. I wrote down agitated. I wrote down over it. I wrote down exhausted. I remember I was writing down a few words. I got to maybe like seven or eight words, right? And then on the other side, I started writing the positive emotions that I was also feeling. So just because... I was feeling negatively. I knew I was also feeling some positive emotions. So I wrote down grateful. I wrote down thankful. I wrote down excited. I wrote down, um, oh, optimistic, I remember. 
And I started writing down all these feelings that I was also feeling because yes, I was feeling anxious, but I was also feeling excited. Yes, I was feeling nervous, but I was also feeling hopeful and excited about the future. And I started to realize that you can feel negative and positive emotions and they can coincide. So it's really easy to focus on the negative emotions that you're having and to, you know, someone asks you, how are you doing today? And you're like, oh, I'm tired or yeah, I'm all right. I've just been stressed, whatever. It's easy to do that. And everyone is guilty of it. I'm absolutely guilty of it. When I was super stressed out, like three weeks ago, someone would say to me, how are you going? I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm good, but pretty anxious and whatever. But you know what? I was also excited. And I was also just like feeling good to be doing something that I want to be doing. And I felt proud of myself. And when I started writing down all the positive emotions on my journal, I started to realize how easy it was to come up with more and more positive emotions. I probably wrote like three times the amount of positive emotions than I did negative emotions. But when I originally sat down, all I could think was all of the negative ones. And I think it's a really, really great strategy for you guys. If you're ever like midday, like, fuck, like I want to turn my mood around. Like I really want to, but like, I just have nothing in me. I don't know how. I would so recommend trying that out because I literally sat there and I was like, holy shit, like I'm feeling good. I'm actually feeling good. Like there are a lot of really great things that I'm feeling. If I take more time to focus on how good I'm feeling, it just, it creates the pathways in your brain. Like it literally changes how you're thinking. So you start to write down, I'm actually feeling excited. And then you kind of think, oh, what am I excited about? And then you go, oh, I'm actually really excited that I'm doing this thing for the first time. And then you write down grateful and you think, you know, I'm actually really grateful because not a lot of people get this opportunity, you know, or not a lot of people would have handled it in the way that I did. And then you write down, I'm actually proud of myself. And you start to realize, wow, I'm proud of myself because I've actually come a long way. And I've been working at this for a long time. And even writing that down, like, ah, it helps you guys so much. I'm telling you, it will help you so much. So anyways, that's just a little little tip there. And we will move on now to point four, which is to think of the worst case scenario. (laughs) And this is a a bit of a funny one because I feel like some people are like, no, that's going to make it way worse. But I love this one because it's so true. Like you think, oh my God, I'm so anxious. I'm going to go for my presentation. Like what if I just like fuck up the whole thing and I run out? So what? So what if you do, right? What's the worst thing that happens? Okay, so you mess it up. What happens? You Maybe you have to go tell your teacher, I'm so sorry. I was really struggling with anxiety. I'm, I want to try it again, right? Or maybe, I don't know, it, it's for work and you and you have to have an honest conversation with someone that might actually give you a better relationship with them, right? It, it, like the worst case scenario, right? For me going into my job, going into Pilates, what's the worst case scenario? I stumble over my words. I forget to tell them to change the weight on the springs. I forget to tell them to do something a certain way. I, you know, I come off as nervous, whatever. Who cares? Literally, who cares? They don't come back to one of my classes. There's always new clients, right? Who cares? Like, there is a worst case scenario for everything and with and with all those worst case scenarios hello worst case scenarios there's always a point to move forward always literally you could you apply for a job you apply for to get into a certain school you don't get in okay you're going to go somewhere else you know that's it that's literally it you can always get to the end result in a different way. There's so many different paths to get to the end result. That's the thing. There are so many different paths and to focus on only one path 
is so silly because obviously if you're on a certain path, right, you want to go to a certain school to get a certain degree, to get a certain job, great. But your end goal isn't like how the, the class goes at that school in that degree. The goal is the job. And you have to remind yourself of that. Like there are so many different paths. And just because you don't get this one thing doesn't mean that it's going to ruin it all for you at all. Same goes with relationships. You know, you want to have the goal is a healthy, loving, fulfilling relationship. And maybe for you, you have other goals that are in there. Like maybe you want kids or maybe you don't want kids and you want to find someone who um, also doesn't want children, right? Or it's that you want someone who's willing to travel and, and you know, move somewhere with you or whatever. That That's the goal is to find that healthy, loving relationship. If the person that you're currently with isn't helping fulfill that within you. And you're like, fuck, like I want to leave this relationship, but what if no one wants me? No, no. What if no one loves me? What if I've done something wrong? What if I'm too old? What if, whatever, who gives a shit? If you're not fulfilling that end goal, if you're not fulfilling that thing that you want, then what's, what's the point anyways, you know, like what's, what's the point? I just think it's really easy for us to get stuck in our day to day and to be like, really anxious about the tiny decisions that we're making when if we were to take a second and zoom out and actually stop, we would realize like, okay, something actually has to change for me to feel fulfilled. Number five is going to be, well, it is, it's not going to be, it is. Remember that people don't care as much as you think that they do. Again, kind of another funny one because it's a bit rude, (laughs) but it's true. People don't care as much as you think that you do. You need to in a healthy way, try to minimize yourself in comparison to what's actually going on, right? For me, with my job, I was like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm shit. Like people don't, I'm not going to be any good, whatever, right? I have all these thoughts, all these negative thoughts. And then I take a second and I'm like, you know what? No one cares. No one cares. Think about the clients coming in to the classes. They don't know what I'm, they don't know if I'm even telling them to do the wrong thing. They have no idea. The whole point is that I'm qualified and they're not, right? Like, they don't know. (laughs) And like within, you know, relationships and stuff like that, like you think that people are analyzing your every single move, your, your every single remark, and they aren't. Like, it's, it's really common for us to think that we're the center of the universe. And I really don't mean that in an offensive way because I have struggled with this a hundred percent, but sometimes you just need to, again, zoom out and be like, okay, I'm this teeny tiny little person on this giant ass earth in this giant ass universe. Who knows what the hell's going on out there, you know? And I am small and my impact can be big, but the emotions that I'm feeling right now don't have to be big. I can minimize them in a healthy way and I can start to look at things in perspective. And I think that's a really key thing is perspective. Um, If you've ever struggled with this, there actually is a correct term for it. It's called the spotlight effect. The actual like description of it is a phenomenon by which a phenomenon, hello, a phenomenon, I don't know, a phenomenon by which people tend to believe they are being noticed when they really aren't. And something that I actually learned, um, I heard, I've heard about it before, but then I actually, it came up in, um, some therapy that I was doing a few years ago. 
as you guys know, I do love therapy. And um, it came up and she was explaining like, yeah, it's actually a really common thing where people feel like they walk into a room and everyone's looking at them. It's really, really common with social anxiety as well. If you guys have ever experienced that, you walk into a room, you think everyone's looking at you, you think everyone's judging you. For me, it stemmed a lot from, like I talked about earlier, um, the church and shame and the fact that if I literally walked in wearing like a crop top, people would be staring at me. And I was always very confused because I was like, what's wrong with it? I don't understand. Why is everyone mad at me for showing my shoulders? You know, that kind of stuff. Anyways, (laughs) we're not going to go on about that, but it was for me, it kind of stemmed from that. Um, It also stemmed from feeling like there's a lot of expectations on me growing up to be like pretty and feminine, um, which just is a societal thing, but it's also like to do with my family. Um, Yeah. It's just, I understood the root of it for me, which for you, it's obviously going to be different. Um, There might be similar things going on there, but yeah, it's going to be different. But if you feel like you have that, I just want you to feel validated in it for a second. And I want you to realize that that's actually a thing. And it's not just you feeling that. And if you, you feel like you're sitting in a room and you know, say you're sitting down at a thing and you have to introduce yourself and they're going around the room and the whole time you're just like, they're getting to me. They're getting to me. Okay. And you're like practicing in your head. You're like, you're kind of like testing. Oh my God. I, this is so me. Like you kind of like hum for a second to see if your voice is going to work. Like when you speak, (laughs) is that dumb? That's me. Like these are the things that happen, you know? And if you feel that, like, it's actually really normal. It's actually a thing. Um, And I would encourage you to learn more about the spotlight effect, like even just Googling it and kind of like reading an article or something about it, just to understand that it's a really really normal thing and that there are specific tools to work on that as well, which again, I won't go too much into it because I don't know how relatable that is, but, um, you can obviously always go more into that. And I don't know if you guys want to hear more about that as well, I can always include it into another podcast as well. The other thing I wanted to say about people not caring as much as you think that they do is before you make a decision of whether or not you're going to do something, I want you to ask yourself if you're doing it because it's what you want or you're not doing it because it's what you want to not do or if it's to please others and are you holding yourself back because you're scared of what people are going to think about you and everyone does this to a certain extent again like we all want to be accepted and we all want to be included and we want people to think of us highly and it isn't just um, an ego thing. It's also like a survival thing. Like it's, you know, I there are much better people that can talk on this, but I've read heaps about how it is very normal for us to want to be liked and included because we we need that and we need community for survival, some might argue, and we need people. We need social interaction and without it, we can feel very isolated and it's really not actually healthy for our mental health. And so we naturally want to be accepted and that's great and all, but I want you to remember that there are a lot of different people in this world. And if for whatever reason in your current bubble with your friend group or whatever, you aren't feeling accepted and you're really feeling like you have to play a role or be a person that you aren't, you need to start addressing that because There are so many people in this world. There are communities of people that are going to love the things that you love, even if you don't know a single person right now who is into that thing. And it is so worth actively trying to be in a community of people that support you and are excited for you and want to talk about the things that you want to talk about because you enjoy it. And getting those healthy, fulfilling relationships, it's so worth it in comparison to pretending to be someone that you're not. So if you do really feel that, 
I think that has to do a lot with relationships and assessing your community. And I think I'm going to do an episode, one of my next episodes is about choosing your community on purpose. And I want to talk a bit more about that because I think it's really, really important. It is something that has helped my confidence so much and has changed how I see myself because for the first time in really my life, I feel like I genuinely know myself quite deeply because I've been able to do that in communities that are safe and healthy for me. So I would really encourage you to start challenging the relationships that you have around you and just asking yourself if these are people that are responding in a really genuine, happy way when you tell them about your wins. Are these people that are really genuinely ready to accept you if you were to change or anything, if you were to come out and say, I want to change my job? Would someone, would everyone be like, what do you mean? Like, oh, but you work with us, you know? Or would they be like, what do you mean you're this sexuality or this whatever? Like, you've always been straight or you've always been this, you know? Are are those the people that are around you? Or are they people that would say, that's awesome. I'm really proud of you for coming to that conclusion. Or good for you for going back to school. Like, that's hard to do and that's amazing. Because those are the people that you deserve in your life, 100%. Number six is to write down all the reasons why it's going to go great. And again, we're just talking about you going into any job, any new season, going into a relationship, um, putting yourself out there, hanging out with someone for the first time as a friend, right? Write down all the reasons that it's going to be great. Maybe it's because you're qualified. Maybe it's because you've done something similar in the past well. And remind yourself of your past wins. Remind yourself of the qualities that you have that gave you those results, right? So really take the time. And the reason I encourage you to write down the reasons why it's going to be great is because it really helps you to slow down. And the more you take to think about each kind of sentence that you write down, the more you can almost convince yourself of it and not in like a, I don't know, not in a non-authentic way, but in a way where you can actually start to have those branching out thoughts of like, okay, like it's going to go great because, you know, people always say that I'm really friendly and easy to talk to. And then you're naturally going to think about those people. You're going to think about those moments. You're going to remember because your brain works like this. It's going to be triggered back to remember how you felt when that person said to you, wow, you're really likable. <laughs> you're really fun to be around, whatever they said. And that, that emotion then starts to come onto you in the moment and you feel that confidence. Do you see how that works? Like it's like a full loop. It's full circle. And that's why it's really important to see value in those past experiences where someone has said something like that to you. And it's important for you to take time, slow down and get into your brain for a second, because when you can do that and then journal and get it on paper, You can stop rushing through this anxiety, which is probably only making it worse. And you can slow down and reflect and take a second to be like, okay, cool. I actually am great for this thing that I'm doing. I am actually really well prepared. I am actually qualified, right? And you start to write down, you know, I'm qualified. What am I qualified to do? I'm qualified to do this, 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 this. You start to write it down and it starts to actually make sense why you're doing it again. And you start to remind yourself of the why again. And like I said at the start of this point, remind yourself of the qualities that you have that gave you the positive results. So if you have done something really great before, like a really great performance or a really great test, a really great exam, whatever it is, um, and you look back and you go, I actually had a really good score on this exam, you can take a second and be like, you know why I got a great score on that exam? Because I am diligent. 
and I'm hardworking and I'm mindful of things like making sure I get enough sleep and rest before my exam. And I am someone who is like motivated to get my work done throughout the semester so that by the end when I have my exam, I am like ready to go. You know, you can start to remind yourself and then you have these words, these big trigger words to be like, okay, I'm hardworking. I'm motivated. I'm confident. I am diligent. And you have these words in your head. And again, it's so uplifting because you're like, oh my God, that's me. Like, that's me. And even though in the moment, two seconds before, you weren't feeling that, you were feeling like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm not going to do well. I'm not ready. Like, blah, 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 blah when it's all just not true, you can take a second and actually write down the truth. And if I want to push you a little bit further, it's to speak it out loud and to say to yourself, okay, you know what? I am diligent. I can do this. Look at yourself in the mirror. I know it sounds stupid, but do it. It works. It actually works. Being like, okay, I am creative. Like, I am passionate. I'm doing this because I want to be doing this. I'm doing this because I, I want to try something new. I'm doing this because I want to put myself out there. I'm doing this because I want to finish my degree and help people in this area or whatever, because I want to write a book because I want to whatever, right? Just take a second and start to track back to who you are, the qualities in you that are allowing you to do this thing and the why for why you're doing it, because that's where you'll find so much motivation and so much confidence. Number seven is to remember that growth and progression in life are amazing things. They're amazing. And sometimes when you're feeling so anxious and so negative towards something new that you're doing, you start to associate it as a negative thing. So you're like, oh my God, I've started this new job. I'm so anxious about it. And instead of being like, oh my God, I got a new job. Like <laughs> I was hired and like people, someone else is seeing that they think I'm going to be good at this thing and they've hired me and they're choosing to pay me to do this thing. You just start to associate as a negative, associate it as a negative thing because you have been feeling negatively towards it. And so same, you know, it's the same with relationships. You go into this relationship and you're like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. Like my ex was a little bit crazy and who knows how this relationship is going to go. And you start to associate them as being negative. You start to associate a relationship with being negative because of your feelings towards it. And when you, again, it's separating it. It's realizing the reality of what's happening and the emotion isn't necessarily the same thing. So again, remembering that growth and progression is great for anything in life. You want to be moving forward. You, you actually want challenges. You want to be challenged so that you can move up and do things and, and change, you know, maybe the industry that you're working in. Maybe you want to be the manager rather than someone who is one of the workers because you want to actually see other people be managed in a way that maybe you didn't receive. Maybe you want to change things. Maybe you want to make it better. And everybody wants job progression. Everyone wants, you know, relationship progression. You only want to become more and more invested in that person and feeling more and more safe and happy within that relationship. And as much as, you know, it's like I said at the start of the podcast, this isn't saying everybody wants to move forward. Everyone should try to become the CEO of every company. Like, no. Okay. It's just saying that everyone should feel at least a little bit like you want to do what you're doing well and then potentially move forward from there. And if you are really happy where you are right now, 
That's amazing. That is amazing. We all have areas that we can grow in and there are so many areas of life that we can grow in. So maybe this has literally nothing to do with your job, but it has a lot to do with your mental health or has a lot to do with traumas that you haven't like taken time to think about that are potentially holding you back in certain ways. Or it's relationships that you have with like, I don't know, your family, things like that. There's always things that we can do to move forward in. And it's a good thing. It's really good. It's really healthy for us. But saying that, there is no progression without a starting point. And when we start something, we might not be amazing at it, right? You might not start on your first day at the new job and be the best person, right? Similar to like friendships and stuff. You may not go hang out with someone and for the first time, it's like, oh my God, we're best friends. We're so comfortable with each other. Like, you know, you might get that. You might hit it off with someone again, which is great. Or you might go to a job and you might actually be kind of overqualified and they might be like, oh my God, you're amazing. Thank God you're here. We've really needed someone like you in the office. Great. Right. That does happen. But no one is expecting you when you first start something to be amazing at it. If you are an athlete, you know, you're not going to be an Olympian within a day. You have to start by training. You have to start by having those early mornings or those long sessions or taking care of everything holistically, like your diet and your sleep. And right, it's everything. It's not just starting out and being so amazing. So if you're starting something for the first time, similar to how I am, sometimes you just need to remind yourself like, no one thinks I'm going to be amazing. And a lot of the time that does come back to comparison. So you might be comparing yourself and you need to start to ask yourself, when I see my colleagues or I see my friends or I see my family, am I constantly comparing myself? Because that's something that is really worth digging into because comparison will kill you. Like comparison just, oh, like it, it rots, you know, it really does rot what's going on in your mind because it takes the focus off of all the beautiful things that you are creating and all the exciting things that you are doing and it diminishes it. And it's so sad because like you doing something new or you trying something for the first time is so cool. And like, it takes courage or it takes time and it takes effort, you know? And the fact that you would look at someone else and be like, well, I'm not as good as them. So why even bother? No, like it makes me sad thinking about it because it's so worth taking the time to just, just try, just try, just do it and just see what happens. You could be really great at it. Like imagine, imagine if you just tried it and you were like, oh my God, I'm actually not bad at this. Kind of good. Actually, little story time for you. Um, I remember I had never painted in my life because, um, not to hate on my mother here, but she would always say like, I can't draw. I'm not a drawer. I could never. And a lot of the time you pick up with the things that your your parents say, um, which again, it's not the end of the world for your parent to say that they're not good at something. It's actually somewhat healthy. Um, but it's really easy for us to just pick up on what our parents have said about themselves and to just take it on as our own identity. And so I always would say like, Oh, I hate my handwriting. I hate my drawing. I can't draw. I've never been able to blah, 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 blah. And then this one day, okay. I went to like a wine and paint thing with my family and yo, yo, I, I can actually paint pretty well. Like I'm actually not bad. Like everybody was like, Oh my God, Alyssa. Wow. That's so good. Like we brought them all home and we hung them up on the wall and someone came over once and they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, did you guys buy the original painting that like the artist did? And I was like, no guys, it's mine. I can paint. Hello. And so now all the paintings that we have in the flat that Sam and I have had here, I've painted. 
I painted them myself. And I used to walk around saying, oh, I'm so shit. I, I can't do art. I'm like not that creative. I'm blah, 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 blah. I used to say all that garbage. And now I just like, I'm like, oh, I want a painting in my house. Cool. I'll just paint it myself. Boom. Done. Like sometimes you just got to try. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. Or sometimes you try it and you're not good. But again, worst case scenario, who cares? What's, what's going to happen? You try something else. <laughs> that's it. Like that's literally it. Number eight is that nerves are good. And saying this, anxiety, I understand actual like proper physical anxiety, panic attacks. No, of course that's not good. All right. But nerves are actually good because they mean that you care and you need to remind yourself of that. That has always helped me in the moment when I'm like literally about to go do something like in 20 minutes from now, I'm going to be doing that thing that I've been freaking out about in the next week or for the whole past week. I literally will take a second and I'm like, this is actually good because being nervous, it just, it means that you actually want to be doing it. It means that you are actually passionate. It means that you must have some form of a why to be there or you wouldn't be there. You would have found some sort of cop out, you know, you would have found some sort of excuse to not be there, but you've, you're there, you've shown up. So that means you care. And that's really, really important. It says a lot about you and your character. Like it's really actually quite healthy. Also, being nervous, it gives you that adrenaline and it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you sharp. It's actually, it is actually quite good because it keeps you alert. You know, you can't be tired and yawning if you're anxious, you know, you can't be tired and freaking out if you're nervous. You're just like, ah, you're there because you're like, ah, I'm nervous, but at least you're there. That's so good. Like you can, you can hone in on that and you can take a second to just be like, you know what? This is good. I know I'm kind of shaky. I know I'm kind of jittery. I know feel I know I feel like I'm going to stumble or I'm going to look shaky, but fuck it, who cares? Like at least I'm here and I'm doing it and I want to be here and your nerves show something really positive actually about what's going on in the background and how much you actually care about this thing. Even with relationships, like if you're nervous to go on a first date and you feel like you're freaking out and you're shaking and you're like, oh, this is why I hate first dates. This is why I hate dating. This is why I feel like I'm never going to be with someone. You know, we go on these tangents about ourselves. It's okay because it actually shows that you've taken time to try to invest into someone, to try to invest into something. It means that you've taken time to say to myself, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this thing. I'm I'm just going to do it. And even though I'm scared or whatever, I feel like I might make a fool of myself or I might look stupid. Or, who cares? You're going and you've, you've tried and you've put an effort and that's something to be proud of. Number nine is to address your history with anxiety and any traumas or memories that might be causing you anxiety. Okay. This one's a little bit deeper. So just, it's okay. We're going to get through it. But Taking time to actually kind of look back and ask yourself why you might be feeling the way that you're feeling is actually really, really useful. Now, you can obviously do this on your own. It's also great to be doing this with like a counselor if it does start to be something that you need to dig into. Like, of course, you know, you take a second, you think about it. And you're like, oh, I'm actually really anxiety about relationships because I had a really bad relationship a while ago and I don't think I've healed from it. Okay. If you take the second to do that, you've just learned something really valuable about yourself. And again, that takes courage. And that's amazing. From there, maybe you want to go see someone to talk about it, or maybe you don't want to go to a counselor. Maybe you want to go to a friend that you trust or a parent or like, you know, a sibling, something like that. You want to talk to someone that you trust about it. And even just saying it, even just opening up to someone and being like, okay, the reason I don't trust you is because of this, you know, 
or the reason I'm really scared to do this job is because I did this and this before, or, you know, I watched my parents struggle to have a job or I watched, you know, someone else in my life feel like they were failing over and over and over. And I feel like that like failure mindset was like rocked into me. Like these are the things that might come up. But again, if your anxiety or your nerves or whatever are coming from a place that is deeper within, it's quite likely that they aren't going to subside until you take care of the deeper issue, which kind of sucks because you're like, oh God, here we go. It's going to be a whole thing. But you know what? Sometimes life is a whole thing. Sometimes taking a moment to actually understand what's going on within you is hard, but is the most releasing thing. Like when you start to even just say it like, okay, this is why I struggle with this thing. Even just getting it out for the first time, regardless of if you've gone and talked about it and you've gone over it a million times, whatever, even just saying it out loud and you just, maybe you have a little bit of a cry or maybe you just feel relieved. It is relieving to talk it out. It has been proven over and over and over to be really, really healthy, really, really important for people to be able to just speak their mind and get it out. And it can even literally relieve physical symptoms that people have when it comes to anxiety. So I would so encourage you to take a second, try to dig a little bit deeper and ask yourself. And look, you might start to ask yourself like, was it because of my childhood? And then it's not. Okay. Sometimes it's just that you're anxious and that's fine. Or it's just because you're nervous or whatever, or it could be again, something like an anxiety disorder where it's more chemical and whatever that's, you might get there and that's fine, but it's worth taking a second and asking yourself the kind of deeper questions. Like I said to you guys before about the whole spotlight effect for me, it did come back to how things happened when I was growing up and kind of the pressures that were put on me to like be that star child and to be that like, you know, beautiful face for the family and like that kind of stuff. Like it was something that, you know, when I would go to a filmy gathering, it was like, isn't she so pretty? Isn't she? Wow. Like wearing a little dress. She's such a, she's such a girly girl. All these like kind of labels that were put on me. And again, like nothing against my family. It, it's just, that's just how people talk. Um, for me, it, I perceived it as like, okay, great. This is p- how people validate me. Awesome. I'm going to be like this forever. And then I put a lot of pressure on myself to always really look put together, to always have my makeup done. Um, and then of course, when anything negative with my appearance came up, I felt really um, bad about it. Like if I had a pimple, it wasn't just, oh, I have a pimple, you know, I would be like, <gasps> so embarrassed, so embarrassed, you know, like to the point that it was just like unbearable, like I would feel like shit the whole day, you know, and some people have things like that that come up because of their childhood. And again, it's not to be like, I had a horrible childhood because I didn't, but there are things that come up. Another story I wanted to tell you guys was when I was in high school, um, I was really into like singing and playing piano and I've trained classically in piano. Actually, I trained up to level seven. So I actually played classical piano for like eight years, which is crazy. Um, but I did that. And then because of that, I learned to sing and I got really into like singing and playing piano and I loved it. I would do like all these little gigs and stuff. I was just like, I really, really liked it. Like I thought I was going to be like a full same, like famous singer at one point. Like I was, I was full on, um, which was great, you know, at the time, but I was in this vocal studies class in high school and I had been doing this for a long time anyways. So I always felt like the little star of the show in this class. If I'm being completely honest, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, this is like my thing, you know, like I'm great at it. I always felt like people always complimented me after it was a little like conceited, you know, but it was a bit of a confidence boost. 
you know, don't worry about me. Okay. I was in high school. Get over it. Um, and I went to go do this performance once. And right before I went up, I was dating this guy at the time, whatever. We don't need to talk about him, but I was dating this guy and I, we really had trust issues. I did not trust this man's still don't to this time. <laughs> don't think I ever would. Uh, clearly that's why it didn't work out, but a lot of trust issues, whatever. And I was about to go up to do my performance and I saw a photo of him and this like girl together. I don't even remember where they were or like what the situation was, but I saw it together, them together. And it was like when he said he like wasn't with someone or something like that. And I knew he was lying. Anyways, hell on earth that was. Um, but I had to go up for my performance. It's like, I still feel it thinking about it today. I went up and I started singing this song and I like, oh my God, I was playing all the wrong chords. I was like, my voice was not sounding good because I felt like I was going to cry. And I just stopped. I just dead stopped in my tracks during this performance. I stared at the ground. I, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I like was staring at the ground and then I just stormed out. I stormed out of the performance and that was it. And I was shook guys. I was shook. I ran, I ran my ass away. I was so horrible. I cried and I cried and my friend ran after me and it was a whole drama. And I remember like any performance I did after that, I was so anxious. So, so, so anxious. And I eventually got over it and it was fine to get back into like, you know, performing and whatever. It was fine. But I realized maybe about a year ago that I was actually triggered back to thinking about that. And I would have moments where I was going to go do something and I would think like, what if that happens again? What if I freeze again? What if I let the emotions overtake me and I can't physically do anything? Like I can't physically do the thing I've set myself out to do. And I would genuinely be triggered back to that. And again, it's funny because like I'm telling the story and I'm laughing and I know now that I think it's funny, but like just because it's funny or it's this thing that you've like diminished or you've, you know, made small in your mind now doesn't mean that the effects of it don't still live in you. Like trauma is a very physical thing. It lives within you. And I don't even know if trauma is the right word. I should just, you know, it's more of an experience or whatever, but these things carry with us. And we don't take a second to be like, no, like I'm actually not that anymore. You know, that was a very specific situation where something really sad, really hurtful happened to me right before I went up on stage, which is an obvious reason why I would, you know, have broken down. If I didn't take time to actually think about it and separate who I am now with what happened in that moment, like I wouldn't be able to do things that I do now. And it's so important that you're able to just take some time, reflect, try to think if there have been moments when you felt the way that you're feeling right now, try to think back to reasons why you might not want to be doing this thing that you're going into and just reflect on it and see from there what you might want to do about that. Do you just want to have a moment and journal and whatever and that's it? Do you want to talk to someone about it if it keeps bothering you maybe? Do you want to go get help for it? Maybe those are a few different options for you but I just thought I would mention that because these things do stick with us and even though you might joke about it with your friends or you're like haha yeah that was crazy that was cursed oh my god whatever just because you do that doesn't mean you've healed it. All right, last point is number 10, and it is to remove the emotion for a second. So I know we talked a lot about emotions and what your thinking is doing and all of that, right? This is the final note here is to treat your cortisol levels from a scientific perspective, especially if you're feeling physical anxiety. So 
I've had this before too, where it's not that I've just been anxious, like mentally, whatever, having negative thoughts. Like I'm physically shaking. Like I'm physically like my stomach is turning. I feel like I can't eat. Um, I'm having tummy issues, if you will. Um, I'm feeling nauseous. I'm like noticing my period is coming a bit late. Like I've had that anxiety too. And that is like physical. And that is it's scary because you're like, I can't even do anything. Like I can sit down, I can journal all day long, but like, what am I going to do? Like I'm literally physically shaking. My body is telling me that something is wrong. Like my body's in like fight or flight. Okay. And you know, that's a very real thing, but there are still are things that you can do about it. And this is kind of more a bit of the research portion that I did for this episode because I wanted to make sure that I addressed this as well. And I've kind of looked at a few different little studies and articles, things like that, that I will include in the resources below, um, just in the description for this episode. But number one that they said, or I won't really number it, I'll just go through them, is to get good sleep because obviously the amount of sleep that you get consistently and the night before that you go to do something does affect the way that your brain functions and it affects your ability to like recall memory, which is obviously really important for things like a test or giving a speech or whatever, right? It, it literally affects how your brain is able to function. And so sleep is so important. Um, if you need more tips on sleep, there is definitely, you can look more into that. I'm, I'm sure you are capable, um, but there are many things that you can do before sleep, like having a bedtime routine, going to sleep every night at the same time, um, getting around eight hours of sleep. These are all very basic things, but I just thought I would mention it. Um, making sure that you're calming your mind before bed. So not doing like screens before bed, um, trying to use blue light glasses throughout the day is another one. Um, doing something that is calming before bed, like reading or chatting with someone or just doing something where you are calming yourself down, um, being in a dimly lit room, sleeping in the dark, things, things like that, like trying not to have too much light in the room. There's a bunch of little things that you can do to help your sleep. Obviously meditations, things like that as well, but sleep is so important. So, so important and does affect obviously your anxiety as well. I always find if I'm tired, I'm way more anxious. Oh my God. Always. It's the worst. It's so worse. And then if I'm hungover, oh God, Lord help me. That's when it's really bad. That's when it's really, really bad. <laughs> the other one that I read about is definitely exercise, which again, is pretty obvious. It's just really good for you to do something that's great for your body. I think it's something like 30 minutes of exercise can give you a lasting positive mood for up to seven hours. I think that's the, those are the correct numbers. It's something like that. Um, but it's, it's true. Like literally just a little bit of movement can change your whole day. So it's so worth it. Um, exercising in the morning is also another one that I read about specifically because like I said, it affects your mood throughout the day. That's why I really like to exercise in the morning. Um, because I can at night as well. Still great. There's not really, I mean, people will disagree with this, but there isn't a huge difference when it comes to like physical gains and shit like that throughout the day about like when you should work out. But mentally, it's great. It's great to do it in the morning. Um, and when, when I say exercise, it really can be anything. Um, going on a walk, like doing some light Pilates or doing like a hardcore kind of like reformer class or going on a run or whatever. A lot of the time getting your heart rate up and cardio exercises 
are really great because you do really feel like you've done something and it really gets your blood pumping and you get more of that physical effect. Um, but equally saying that going and doing yoga and it being like a mindful yoga class can be so good for your mental health as well. So it's really something that you need to kind of try and see what you feel like works the best for you when you're anxious. Cause for me, when I'm anxious, I, there's no way in hell you're going to get me to do some slow workout. It's just, no, like it's, it's going to make things worse. <laughs> so I need like a big pump, but it's totally, it's going to be dependent on how you are. Another one is breathing exercises. A really simple one that I do before bed if I'm anxious is to breathe in for three seconds, hold for three seconds, breathe out for three seconds, and then hold for three seconds. So let's all do it together. Ready? One, two, three. Breathe in. One, two, three. Hold. Three, two, one. Exhale. Three, two, one. And hold. Three, two, one, which is great. That one's called box breathing. And I kind of just picked that up through therapy as you will. Um, and that one's really great. There's a few different ones. Like a lot of the time they'll say, if you spend more time on the exhale, that it typically slows things down, which is really good. Like physically, yes, obviously, but it's also really good just mentally because it obviously is all connected. So that would be more of like a breathe in for three, hold for three, exhale for five kind of thing. Um, sometimes I do that at night as well because I really like that and I'll kind of like layer it. <laughs> this is just a me thing. I'm just talking about me now, but I'll like inhale for three, hold for two, exhale for five. And then my brain is just so like mathy. So then I'm like inhale for four, hold for three and then exhale for six. And I'll like kind of count that way and just keep going until I'm literally going to pass out and then I just go to sleep. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. Love that one. So breathing exercises, obviously mixed with like meditation is awesome. Um, doing something fun, obviously distracting yourself and getting your mind to not focus on the negative thoughts. Um, you will start to see the physical feelings of anxiety subside because if you aren't focused on it, then it's it's quite easy actually to calm down, which again, sounds a little bit dumb, but this, it does work. Like it does actually work. If you think, you know, going out the night before is going to mess me up and I'm not going to be able to do all my tests, whatever. Sure. But if you are actually prepared for it and you've done all the preparing you can do, and you're just going to sit at home and freak out all night, it might actually be good for you to go out and do something. Um, obviously not going out in the sense of like drinking or doing things that are going to like impact your next day negatively, but getting around people, having positive conversations about things that are completely unrelated to the thing that you are doing in your life right now would be great. Another one, obviously, like I've mentioned throughout the podcast already, is to chat with someone that you trust about it. This is just obviously been proven over and over and over and why people go to counseling and why people do therapy, all of that, because it works. Talking actually does really help and it works and it helps you learn things about yourself and it is quite releasing for you and your body. Um, another one is to prioritize your diet. Oh, this is a big one. Your diet does very much affect, um, your emotions and like your mental health on a day-to-day -day basis. If you have intolerances, like I do with something like gluten for me, if I have a lot of gluten, I tend to get a lot of brain fog, which that's a whole other journey. If you guys are interested in learning more about intuitive eating, I do have a podcast episode on that as well. So you can scroll down. I think it's one of the first ones. Um, but intuitive eating has really helped me because it has helped me realize what foods do what for my body. So if I'm going to something in the morning and I'm stressed for whatever reason, I know that going and getting like a croissant on the way there is not going to help me. A croissant is not going to help me. 
It's just not because some people might, you know, and that's not for me going, oh, it's not good for me. It's not healthy, whatever. I don't care. It's more to do with the fact that I'm going to go, okay, lots of gluten. It's literally just like butter, gluten, fat, whatever. It's just not going to be good. It's literally not going to do anything for me. It's just going to make me more stressed. And it's probably going to cause my tummy to be even funnier, which is going to make me then think, oh my God, I'm so anxious because my tummy hurts, you know? (laughs) So trying to be mindful of what your diet needs when it comes to your anxiety. Um, and also just understanding that obviously you getting the nutrients and the fuel that your body needs to function well, it's going to help you. So it's not even just making sure that you don't eat certain things. It's obviously making sure that you do eat things that are good for your body. And again, if you want to hear more about nutrition and whatever, just scroll down. You can listen to that other episode that I put in about that. Lastly, this is the last one, is using supplements as well. So if you feel like your diet is decent, but you don't get certain things because you haven't supplemented in. Taking vitamins is great. I talk about vitamins all the time on my Instagram. If you want to learn about it, just go there. I take vitable vitamins, or it's called vitable. Sorry, vitable? Vitable? Vitable. No, it's vitable. Vitable vitamins. That's what I like to take. I always have a little code. If you guys ever want to use it, it's there for you. Um, Something that I take is ashwagandha, and it's a natural supplement, and it is really great for anxiety. Um, if you want to learn more about ashwagandha, um, it's just, just look it up. Okay. Just, it's just easy. It's easy to learn about. It's just, just look it up. Okay. It's great for anxiety. That's the point is I literally, when I came off medication, I made sure to switch to a natural anxiety like supplement and ashwagandha is really great and has been proven to be so, so helpful. I actually think I talk about it in one of my episodes as well. Now that I think about it, I think it's the nutrition one as well. Um, and it's really great. There's a doctor called Dr. Daniel Amen, which again, I talk about him all the time on the podcast. So sorry, I sound like a broken record, but he's really great. And he wrote a book called the end of mental illness. And he talks a lot about it as well. So I would definitely recommend taking something like that. There's obviously other supplements as well. Um, natural supplements as well for sleep, if that's been an issue when it comes to the anxiety. Um, but definitely it's important that, you know, going back to sleep that you take care of that because it is such a root for a lot of people's anxiety, um, especially if you're experiencing anxiety at night and you can't fall asleep. That's another whole issue. So if that's an issue for you, even seeing like your, your family doctor, your GP, whatever, seeing them to actually talk about it. Cause there are definitely things that you can do and it's not all just like sleeping pills. You know, there are actually, there are really good natural supplements and things that you can do to help you get good sleep. Anyways. That's the end of today's podcast. I really hope that you guys got something out of it. I just gave you as much as I could. Um, If you want to talk about any of this, you have any questions, you just need a friend, like you can always DM me. Um, My Instagram is Alyssa Taylor Harper and it will be linked in the show notes. It always is. And I make some TikToks as well. So my TikTok is also Alyssa Taylor Harper. And that's been really fun. That's been going pretty well. And what else? Um, Oh, yes. If you liked the podcast, please follow it on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's just helpful for me to see, you know, what's going on with you guys and where we're at. And it just gives me really good feedback when it comes to the podcast. And obviously for you guys, it'll tell you when episodes come out. So sometimes I'll post an episode and I don't post it on my social media yet because I haven't come up with graphic or whatever stupid stuff, but you guys will get to see it first because you'll get a notification from the streaming platform, which is awesome for you. 
And it's always really helpful if you guys rate and review the podcast. So you can do that on Apple Podcasts. And then you can also rate. I, you can't actually review it technically, like you can't write a comment, but you can rate it on Spotify. So if you're listening on either streaming platforms, that would honestly be so, so helpful. And thank you so much for those of you who share the podcast on your Instagram stories and just share it around. Like it means so much to me. It really shows me that you guys are getting something out of it. And you obviously reach people that I can't reach. And I think it's really cool that it becomes a bit of a community thing like that. I really appreciate that and just means a lot to me. So thank you guys so much. And I just hope that you like today's episode. I hope you feel encouraged. I hope that even though you might be experiencing anxiety, you feel like this is something that you can get through. And I hope that you know by the end of this, like once you get settled in whatever the thing is that you're doing, it's going to be fine. You're not going to be dealing with it anymore. This is more for when you're going into a new season or something new because you absolutely can, you can do it. And then you're going to get to that point where you're not going to be anxious anymore and it's going to be great. You're going to get there, but here are some things to help you get through it. And I hope these things work for you. Please chat with me about it. I would love to hear some feedback. And yeah, I never know how to end these. Okay, bye, love you. (laughs) 